Texans advance to 7-5 on the season after a close win versus the Denver Broncos. Defense shines and a career day from Nico Collins. All of that and more mm. on this Victory Monday. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 welcome. It's a lot of madness on this Victory Monday. Welcome to the Monday episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kicking off this Monday, if this is your first time listening or watching the Locked On Texans podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texans podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, excuse me. Thank you to all of our returning listeners lending your ear for another episode of the Locked On Texas podcast, and this time a victory mm. Monday for the Houston Texans as they celebrate uh, a 22-17 victory over the red-hot Denver Broncos. I'm your Texans football analyst, John Some Sports Guy Hickman, and as always, the man with the plan, whether it's in the locker room, at the press conferences, behind closed doors, or sitting up top in the press box, hmm. Cody Davis, Sports Illustrated's own. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute last tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The Texans are still in the hunt for the playoffs as of right now. The standings for the playoffs after the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, lost. The Texans are sitting at the eight seed, seven and five. A career day for Nico Collins. Tank Dale, unfortunately, is out. So we have to look at how the Houston Texans went about the game today and how they can move forward. But we open up this game, Cody, looking at how the defense signed against the Denver Broncos. It was a team that came in red hot winners of five in a row. Uh, we saw the Houston Texans limit Russell Wilson, only 186 yards on the day, three interceptions, sacked three times, a QBR of 20.3, a QB rating of 53.2. This defense gave every opportunity to the Houston Texans offense to pull the game out. And honestly, they were the reason this team won the ball game. I know this is might be, I'm going to say the third time I've said this so far this season, but I'm going to say it again. And I think every time I repeat this statement, it becomes more and more credible. John, listeners and viewers, I will consider this one of, if not the best offensive performance of the season. Only so. because let's so. first look at Coming into the game, the Denver Broncos, even though their defense, after they gave up, what was it, like 60, 70 points to the Miami Dolphins, their defense have been top half of the league. They came into this game over the last five games during their five-game winning streak. They recorded, what, about 15 takeaways. This defense has played really good, but the offense has played really good as well. Finally, this offense, along with Russell Wilson, Finally, everybody bought, bought into what Sean Payton has been trying to do all season. 
And this is an offense who came into this game, five-game winning streak, averaging somewhere in the ballpark still of 23 to 24 points a game. John, the Texans not only did not allow them to, to crack 20 points, but they limited them to 17. And I understand it. there was about, what, one or two, two drives that the Broncos had where they had an opportunity to score. One of it was, I believe, a 42-yard touchdown pass between Wilson and Cortland Sutton, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that took place in the third quarter. And, you know, the Broncos were still in this game. However, John, when you look at what this Texans defense did, especially in that first half where they made the Denver Broncos offense look so much discombobulated, I look at this from a standpoint and I say this is definitely the best defensive performance of the season, especially considering the breakout games Uh. of Will Anderson Jr. and... Derek Stingley Jr. By the way, John, I want to apologize to the listeners out there and the viewers out there. Because remember a couple weeks I said that Steven Nelson was, was, was CB number one, and rightfully so. We had a couple people in the comments who disagreed with me. And the main thing I said, I believe we had addressed it on one of our YouTube show. I believe this was the game right when Derrick Stingley Jr. came back from his hamstring injury where he missed six games. I said, and I've always been this way, John, you could, you, you could attest to this. I'm always and always have been a believer in Derrick Stingley Jr. My issue is, one, he has to stay healthy, and two, I got to see the Derrick Stanley Jr. that we saw in 2019 in LSU. This man has recorded not one, not two, not three, but four interceptions since he came back from that hamstring injury, and I can honestly say, starting today, that Derrick Stanley Jr. is cornerback number one, and what that young man showcased against the Denver Broncos is the reason why the Texans made him, not Amal Sauce Gardner, made him the number three pick in the 2022 NFL draft. And I know a lot of people are going to give him praise and, 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 and respect to not one, but the two interceptions that he had. By the way, one of them was a tick pass from Will Anderson. We'll Monster day. A Monster little bit day. later. But, John, the play that stood out to me was when – I can't remember who the, who the receiver was. I want to say maybe Jerry Judy, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was Sutton. Sutton? Okay, so it was Sutton. Second quarter. Burn. Basically the whole entire secondary. And you saw Derrick Sinley Jr. make up at least, what, five yards? And was yeah. able to get the pass deflection. Remember, I, I looked at you and said, is that that mythical 4.3 speed that, that we all was hearing about heading into the combine. Because remember, he did he, not he run ran it. the 40, but everybody kept talking about this speed, this speed, this speed. To see the hustle that Derrick Sinley Jr. gave on that play, that's when I say, you know what? Thank you for everything that you did, um, Steven Nelson. But as of right now, Derrick Stanley Jr. is CB number one, and there's nothing wrong with him taking a ham as CB number two because this is what it was supposed to be throughout this whole entire season. Shout out to Derrick Stanley Jr. I want to shout out the entire defense. We're talking about the defense shining versus the Denver Broncos. Everybody at all levels played a part, right? So we're looking at 
highlighting Will Anderson, his breakout mm-hmm. rookie performance. <laughs> what did I tweet? I call it the uh, rookie legacy game for Will Anderson. Two sacks, several, I think four QB hits, maybe more than that. A tackle for loss. Uh, was a, a impactful in the run game. He had a very good game. John Grenard got in on the sack, so he had a good game. And, and, and I thought that they played well together, causing a lot of times for Russ to either have to step up in the pocket and scramble. So now you're looking at the defense causing broken plays for the opposing team's offense and the Denver Broncos, or just getting that pressure in Russ's face. We look at the very last play of the game. Mm. Bernard is right in his face. And how did that impact Russell? Well, another interception right to Jimmy Ward, who Jalen Petra called Michael Jordan. I thought that was funny. Mm. Right? You look at the linebacker group, they had it with Denzel Pyramid coming back. They had an up-and-down day, but you still saw guys go out there and make plays, right? And I think the secondary, right? You highlighted Petrie. I'm not Petrie. You highlighted Darius Derek Stingley. Petrie was very impactful for the Houston Texans in their run game. But the return of D. King, Desmond King had oh. a phenomenal game for the Houston Texans. I mean, he got in on the action with a couple of tackles for losses for the Houston Texans. Uh, came up and made some great plays for for Houston in the open field, kind of kind of limiting what that opposing receiver or running back or whoever the yak yards they can pick up. So that was good. Jalen Petrie with a tackle for loss. Um, this team defensively was flying, and Jimmy Ward says something that I think is very true. I don't know how long until the NFL is going to be flag football because I thought the hit on Russell Wilson was a clean hit. Hmm. But what's most impressive for this Houston Texans defense, holding that Denver Broncos offense to goose egg on third downs. Hmm. Out of 11 tries, they converted on none of them. And the Denver Broncos had time, right? They Honestly, the Houston Texans offense was giving the game away <laughs> to the Denver Broncos. And we'll talk about that in the next segment. But the defense was so impactful, did a very good job of limiting the, the big plays that the Denver Broncos offense could have. And then you look at Houston's defense, only one touchdown in the red zone allowed out of three tries. So this team came to play. They were getting the the, uh, the offense for the Denver Broncos off the field. They gave the opportunities, the opportunities to the offense to go and win their game. Offense, how many field goals? I want to say three. Three field goals, two TDs. Uh, they did. This wasn't a game where the offense took over and shine. This was clearly mm-hmm. a defensive game, but the defense did everything in their power to give their offense the opportunities to be who we've seen them to be: the Bucks, the Steelers, the Jaguars. They've been able to put up points throughout the year, but we got to highlight Derek Singley. Who better else to do so than his class 2022 draft classmate? Jalen Petrie, who called him a wide receiver playing DB. Mr. Petrie, man, so y'all held the Denver Broncos to always be living on third downs, consistently gave your offense an opportunity to put points on the board. How does that feel knowing that this is a hot team, five games in a row they win, they won, and you guys did everything defensively to hold them off? Yeah, it was, it was fun, man. I had a good time out there with my teammates. who was out there executing, people making plays. Like, it, it was one of the funner games in my career. Uh, my next question is, what were some of the adjustments that you guys were able to go through quarter in and quarter out, especially with the last five minutes, the last five minutes stretch to kind of just win the game? 
Um, I think the biggest thing was just honing in on our details and executing our assignment. Like, we didn't really change nothing up. Um, coach was real. Um, he stuck to his approach that we practiced. And we executed, you know. Michael Jordan ended up making a play at the end of the game. So, happy for that, man. Lastly, you guys had an opportunity. You personally had an opportunity to get drafted with Derek Singley last year. And I know, you know, on social media a lot, there's been a lot of talk of what he is and what he isn't. Just the last three games, can you talk about the greatness of him and coming away with two interceptions for this game? Yeah, he's a, he's a baller. Like, you put the ball in the air around Sting, he's going to go get it. Like, he's a, uh, he's a receiver playing DB. So, you know, I'm happy that he's on my team. You know, it's good to have him back making plays. I'm really happy for him. You know, all the work that he's putting in is starting to, you know, continue to pay off for him. So, you know, we're just trying to keep this rolling. It's just trying to continue to make plays. This episode is brought to you by Better Help. It's the holiday times, and we got family coming in, family going out. Everybody's getting together. Sometimes we can kind of get wrapped up in the holidays, in the family time. And maybe we forget about what we have going on in our own personal lives. And, you know, that's really okay. Holidays can do that to you at times. But I also think that with the holiday time here, and the families coming together, this is still the perfect time to look at therapy for yourself. Therapy is meant to help better yourself. Whether it's starting therapy, uh, going easier on yourself during tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember, give yourself some love this holiday season. And I think therapy is one of those self-gifts that can really help. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suitable to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist today, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Right now, we are in the season of giving. We overlook giving back to ourselves, so give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. I love this, man. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. The college committee got it right. Sure they did. D'Amico said it too. You know, he, you know, he went to Bama. He, he that was funny. He, he talked about so y'all ain't gonna ask me about Alabama. Of course they're supposed to be in. <laughs> that was nice, man. Shout out to D'Amico. Did a very good job of turning this team around mm. seven to five. I had opportunity to ask him about the fate of this team right now compared to the last couple of years. And I, and I know he wasn't here, but one thing that I love that he highlighted: looking at the team seven to five, clawing back from the depths of the bottom of the NFL. Everybody's just coming in and doing their job. Mm-hmm. And everybody's prepared. I do want to highlight the savior of this franchise. You know the savior is, right? Yeah. D. Millie, don't be silly, came in for two plays while C.J. Stroud was out, actually completed a pass for 18 yep, yards. And sure did. <laughs> With this team, everybody is prepared to come in and do their job. And the faith that they can get it done is resilient. And the resilience of this team is phenomenal. And you talk about the resilience, the one thing that we've been talking about ever since training camp, unfortunately, uh, has been injuries. And boy, this one right here, I'm not going to lie. I don't care if you're a reporter, 
fan of the Texans or just a fan of football in general, man, your heart has to go out to um, Tank Dale, who went down with a fractured leg yeah. in the first quarter of this game, man. Yeah. Um, you know, tough. you you could see it, John. You were sitting up there in the NRG Stadium with me. Um, you could see the hurt and the pain and, and, and everything that was on the players face and stuff. Um, you know, later on, you know, we, we had an opportunity to see how hurt um, Tank Dale was. He was having a phenomenal, phenomenal rookie season. Um, as a matter of fact, last week, game. On, on the way of 1K, speaking of 1K, we got to talk about another wide receiver that's like nine yards away from 1K. But, you know, going back to Tank Dell, understand how sensational his rookie season has been. Last week, we had an opportunity to talk to Andre Johnson. And Andre Johnson said that Tank Dell is next in line to be the next great Texans wide receiver. And you're talking about a short list that only includes himself. D hop and depending on how you feel about Brandon Cooks, but definitely D hop and Andre Johnson without a shadow of a doubt. And um, to get a true sense of the loss of Tank Dale, this is what CJ Stroud had to say. Um, uh, I'm almost worried, man. You see, like your brother put in so much work, be so helpful. Like one thing I'll tell you, very unselfish. And to see him go out, like never fall is tough. It's tough. We we all we fight our tails off every day to make people happy. We put our lives, our lives on the body. I mean, our, our bodies on the line, time and time again, man. See that happen. It's cold. It's, it's not easy. And I gotta be there for him. So um, more so than anything, like for your football, like take as a person. Like, I know it's gonna, it's gonna be tough for him to get out of that. Um, who knows, man? He might be, he might be back playing Super Bowl. Just <laughs> try to be positive about it, but it's tough, man. I'm, I'm hurt. I can't shoot Cody. I can't. Come up here and lie and say like, oh, we'll be our. Right. No, it's not. You know, I love to death. I told him that. And <laughs> seven, seven and three will be a great, a great uh, duo for the next couple years, man. Right when he gets back, you know, who knows, man? God, God works mysterious ways. Might not be that bad of an injury. Who knows? I don't really know. So um, I love my brother to death, and I'm praying for him, and I'm here for him no matter what. I truly do believe when you take a look at some of the struggles that we saw from this offense, I think a lot of it had to do with the loss of Tank Dale. Absolutely. Now, look, I get it. I understand it. Um, Costa Mico Ryan's in this team has done a phenomenal job in having players step up due to injuries, unfortunately. But I think a lot of the times when the Texans offense just looked out of sync, it was most it was more so the fact that they did not have Tank Dale out there. Just having him out there, even being used as a decoy, um, means a lot to this offense. Speedy recovery to Tank Dale, and in the words of CJ Stroud, that seven three connection is going to be dangerous for years to come. Yeah, and man, I wish it was seven one three. Uh, and, and I also wanted to say I saw a lot of why would he be down there? Why would you know whatever the case is? Uh, he's a football player. 
And I'm not saying he's a guy that plays football. I mean, he is a football player. So while the injury is unfortunate and you hate to see it, I saw a lot of why would you have him down there in the mix? Now, he'll learn from this later on, of course. This is his rookie year. But he's a guy that just probably loves football and wanted to get in on that action. Mm. And it's and sometimes, guys, it's the smallest guys that just want to be around and that physicality of the game. Like uh, I saw to Steve the, Smith do it for years. And to that point, really quick, I'm sorry to cut you off, but when you go back and take a look at that play, Tank Dale is one of the guys who actually created a hole in order for Damian Pierce to score that touchdown. And what is one underlying factor that a lot of us have been talking about but haven't been talking about enough given how exciting that young man has been on the field is his blocking. Yeah, he's, he's – I mean – the, the, the why would he be down there? He's a football player. But Kurt, I do want to go back to your point before highlighting Nico Collins. What Tank Dale, obviously, what we're seeing, and a lot of us saw it before, but when he's not on the field for a whole game now, you really see it. Tank Dale opens up so much for the other players in that in that skill position group. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I'm looking at outside of Nico Collins, who, again, give us a moment. We'll talk about the day he had. My man, Nico. <laughs> outside of Nico, John Mitchie, one catch. That's your other receiver. Noah Brown, two targets, zero catches. Nothing for Robert Woods. Xavier Hutchinson was inactive. And so my takeaway is how good of a job Tank Dale does for opening up things for like he's on the field. Robert Woods, I think, is a much better, much more impactful for this offense. Same for Noah Brown, even though I think Noah Brown dropped two passes today. One, it was on the sideline kick. He didn't get his feet in. Great effort, but he did mm-hmm. drop a pass over the middle that would have helped Houston extend that play, extend that drive. But he was a non-factor. Robert Woods, non-factor. John Mechie, out of his three targets, only caught one for nine yards, and I think one of those catches, if I remember correctly, was not really catchable, but none factor. And so not only does Tank Dale does a very good job of opening up opportunities for other receivers, from a quarterback standpoint, and it's going to be interesting to see, I'm sorry, it's going to be interesting to see how they go about this week of practice, but from a quarterback standpoint, the connections that CJ has right now is Nico and Tank Dale, who just went down. And he looked off throughout this game. This was not a good CJ Stroud game. Obviously, we know about him opening up the game on the uh, fourth and one play call, 31 play call, missing, throwing the ball behind Andrew Beck. He would have walked in on that touchdown. Mm-hmm. So that's seven points potentially that was ended up being three, missing out on four points on there. But then I think the throw of the game that if he connects on this, the hmm. NRG Stadium, Texans fans, and it wasn't a lot. We'll talk about that as well. But the wide open John Mechie. Yes, man, that hurt. Where John Mechie would, would have ran at it and nobody was 15 yards from him. And he would have been able to hit the pose that we haven't seen him hit hmm. since college. And I think that's due to just – the chemistry being off, right? And John Mechie, we talked about this on the Friday show. John Mechie hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities and reps with the quarterback. So, you know, the tendencies of is he going to continue to break on his route downfield? 
or is he going to stop right here to give me an opportunity to make not maybe not make the throw a little bit harder? And I think that's what impacted CJ today. He did not have the best of days. I know he threw four touchdowns to, to Nico Collins, but he did not have a best of day. And out of the five sacks I'm looking at CJ Stroud, I think he accounted for at least two of them, maybe three. The, uh, late in the game, the Denver Broncos defensive front did make things difficult for the offensive line for Houston. But, yeah, man, the man of the game, without a shot of a doubt, nine catches, 191 yards, 21 <laughs> yards, point two per catch, a 59-yard catch, a 52-yard catch. Nico mm, 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 Collins, nine yards away from 1,000 yards. Cannot talk about it enough. The, the, the ups and downs this young man in his first three seasons, three head coaches, three OCs, four, four or five different quarterbacks. Yeah. And he continues to prove that he belongs on this team. Does Houston need to go out and look at a wide receiver too? <laughs> no. You know, we look, we may be looking ahead. Houston may need to look at that wide receiver core altogether. But Nico is a damn good wide receiver. And today, you know, I talk about CJ not being on the same page with, you know, maybe maybe a, a Devin not Devin Singletary, a Noah Brown or Robert Woods. Every time they needed a big play, Nico Collins bailed him out offensively. And this is also from a quarterback that did not have the best of games. Nico Collins had a monster day. And before we move on offensively, Damian Pierce did run in a touchdown. 15 carries on the day, 41 yards, 8 carries for Devin Singletary, 36 yards, 4.5 yards per carry. Houston only rushed for 89 yards on a day. I was completely wrong about that on the crossover. I thought Houston would be very, very successful running the ball, 3 yards per carry. But I also thought that Devin Singletary deserved more, more, more carries in this game. And with Dalton Schultz going down, the talk of the week was how will Brandon mm. Jordan respond? Three catches, 64 yards for Houston. And I also thought that in his very first start, Juice Scruggs had a good outing. And this is an offensive line. We're looking at CJ being impacted by Tank Dell going down and maybe being discombobulated in terms of connections and chemistry. This is an offensive line that has been battling that injury, that injury bug, and that issue all season. I thought the rookie fared well today. Hey, listen, guys. If you're like me, it's the holiday times. My mom is a big Anita Baker fan, right? And uh, we love Sweet Love. We love Rapture. We love it all from Anita Baker. She's coming to Houston. And I think to myself, this would be a perfect Christmas gift. She already got the grandbaby. Why not get her a ticket to go see Anita Baker? And what did I do? I went on Game Time, the app. Made it super easy to buy a ticket. You shouldn't have to worry or stress when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time takes all of the stress out of buying tickets. Sporting events, music, comedy, theater events near you. Game time has killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. With zone deals, you pick the section and Game Time picks to the seats for an average of 18% savings. And Game Time guarantee means you'll get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's super easy. You know what you got to do, guys? 
pick up your phone, download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Again, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Lowest tickets, last minute tickets, lowest price. I guarantee it. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers, guys. Hmm. Playoffs. It's happening. It's happening. Playoffs. It's happening. Playoffs. (laughs) The Texans beat the Broncos. Mm-hmm. They came into this game both six to five mm-hmm. after 70 points allowed in the first couple of weeks of the season. And after the last couple of seasons, the NFL, I mean, the Houston Texans have had two of one of the more unprobable teams making the playoffs. Sitting at six to five, head to head. They had to win this game because mm-hmm. if they lose and the Denver Broncos ended up with a better or similar record. And it comes down to those last and last spot. Denver would have had that tiebreaker over Houston. So this was a big win for the Houston Texans. Also, the Cleveland Browns lost against the Rams. The Pittsburgh Steelers lost. That's so you're looking one. at two seventy-five teams that lost. Now Houston do still has to go play the Carolina, the Carolina, Carolina. Excuse me, the Cleveland Browns. But with their head-to-head victory over the Cleveland. The Pittsburgh Steelers, excuse me, <laughs> that puts them in the playoff hunt in that wild card spot. And I do got to say kudos to Indy. Uh, Anthony Richardson goes down. Shane Steichen is doing a very good job over there. Being able now to they got Gardner Minshew, so let's not Gardner, no, act no, like Gardner no, Minshew. No, let's, 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 let's be real. At this point, have you seen Gardner Minshew play football? Yeah, not very good. Not very good. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not about to sit here and say, "Oh my God, he's a franchise quarterback." But the Gardner Mitchell I've been watching over the last couple of years, every, matter of fact, his whole entire career, he can hold it down for you. I mean, he's not about to be a pro oh, he's bowler, but he's serviceable. He, he's a serviceable quarterback. Remember, remember, take it back a couple of years ago, just to show you how far the Houston Texans have came. Remember when the whole Watson stuff was going on. Remember, I was like, the Texas should have signed Gardner Mitchell to get them on, over the hump for at least the 2021 campaign. Yeah. So, you know, a shout out. But since we're talking about that game, first of all, that was a crazy game going on um, between Indy and Tennessee. And Tennessee Titans really had that game won. I don't, yeah. I don't care what D-Hop did. Will Levis should never open his mouth in disrespect an all-time great ever Again, That's I, fe- I felt I felt I felt some kind of way. I felt some kind of way when I saw that ability is what that team needs at their quarterback. Who is will go? Who is will going to be accountable for what? What has he accomplished? Nothing. More, more, you more. saw how he blew that game. Okay, Come back on, to the man. Houston Texans. <laughs> With the Steelers losing, that puts Houston again back in the playoff hunt with a wild card spot. Mm-hmm. And they take on the Cleveland Browns in December twenty fifth, December twenty fourth, the Christmas Eve game. That's going to be a big game. That's at home for Houston. Hmm. Texas fans, please go to the game and get there on time. But this has been a, a crazy, a crazy Sunday for the for the NFL and the playoff implications. Right now, the Houston Texans should be a wild card team. Um, I, I think that. 
this is just a start of something different. Hmm. The stench of being bad is leaving the NRG Stadium. And the Texans are a Cinderella. They are a Cinderella, a Cinderella team. But none of this is a, a shock and surprise to, to a few of us. This team was a quarterback and a head coach away. And, and, and now we're seeing it. I do want to say moving forward, Houston has to figure out how to how to get consistent contributions from their run game and do a better job with splitting carries between their running backs. I think that maybe short goal, you're looking at, you know, Damian Pierce, and then you figure everything else out with Devin Singletary because he is the better back for this team. Shout out to Brevin Jordan for having a good game, man. That was amazing to see. Thank you guys for listening to this Victory Monday's episode of the Locked On Texans podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Follow the Locked On Texans page at Locked On Texans. As always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.